Hello everyone, Madeline Dale here, and I've got a fantastic author for you guys to check out and meet today. I'm going to bring him up and let him introduce himself, and then we're going to chat about his work. Hello everybody, my name is Lyman Raid. I am the author of The Wizard's War, and I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to be doing this today. Um, a little bit about me, I'm in Kansas, born and raised, was in the military, for a while, um, lived in Alaska, did a bunch of different things, moved back to Kansas to be closer to family. And I'm married, have two wonderful little dogs who, well, they make mornings interesting because it doesn't matter if I want to sleep in or not, they want to get up because they need to go out. So sleeping in is a non-existence to me. Um, I just enjoy life, make everything the best I can, and I enjoy writing. And in my free time, I do, um, I animate music to lights and I go out and do nature photography. So I try, I definitely keep busy and, uh, but I try to keep mostly busy with just doing my writing stuff. Nice. Well, it's a pleasure to have you on the show today. I am very glad to be here. And I'm, I'm with you on the sleeping in. It's non-existent in my house as well with pets and a four-year-old. Yeah, you've got your hands full. doesn't crash the show today. Knock on wood. <laughs> so let me go ahead and tell us about your book or books. So I've actually got um, three different books. Um, two of them are part of a military fiction series that I started years ago, back in 2014. And then the newest one is Wizard's War, and it is a fantasy epic thriller that I actually started about about five, four or five years ago. And that one is kind of ironic because I had told myself when I was working on my military fiction that I, I wasn't going to get into fantasy. Somebody asked me, hey, do you ever see yourself writing something else? Do you see another genre? My answer was no. I, I, I see myself doing the military thing because that's what my experience was. And I went to the dentist and I needed to have some teeth worked on. And I hate the dentist. I bet there's a lot of people who can relate to that. Um, yeah. So they said, well, you know, we need to do this and that. And we need to drill on one of your teeth. And I'm like, <laughs> no. And they said, well, we have, we have, we have, you know, we have that nitrous oxide, that laughing gas sort of stuff. And I'm like, sure, why not? And um, basically from that, I came up with this harebrained, hey, I have an idea. And in a matter of eight days, I had my premise, my story, my world building, all the basic concepts for this fantasy story written down. And then I spent a year, almost two years actually doing the world building for it. And now I love, I love writing fantasy. And that's what Ironically, the military fiction, I still have to get the third book finished, but my joy and my love now is is writing the fantasy with the dragons and stuff. So it's kind of interesting how that all worked out. That is awesome. And the fact that it's thin from laughing gas makes it even better. Yeah, no, that's the best. That's, you know, it's like, so how'd you come up with the story? I said, get some laughing gas, man. You might be yeah. surprised at what you come up with. 
I mean, my experience with it, it just super relaxed me and when it, and made me want to go to sleep. Because like I mentioned before we started recording, I recently had my wisdom teeth like taken out and they used yeah. that at the start. And all I did was just like, yeah, let's let's just nap. <laughs> well, and you know, the thing is, is I've got to have another tooth worked on here in about a, about two weeks. So who knows what else the stories will come out of that one. I mean, for all I know, I might end up in doing a sci-fi thing. So that might hey. be interesting. Never limit yourself. That's why I always like to say because I have work and ideas that just like span everything. I feel like, and I'm just like, oh yeah, we're just I guess gonna play right. around with this genre too. So don't limit yourself, you know, yeah. because if you limit yourself to one thing, you might find that you've missed an opportunity in another genre, and you might find, like I am, that another genre is actually a better genre for you. I feel like I'm more creative with this, whereas with the military it's 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 not really super rigid but it is pretty rigid on you know you've got to make it as believable as possible and then that unless you keep up on everything that's going on that that can be a challenge yeah so you said you planned this all out in about a week after the laughing gas thing correct mm -hmm. tell me what that process was like for you did you write an outline or just how did it go well so when I first got the idea, I immediately went home, you know, and I'm still up on drugs and my mouth hurts and everything else. But I'm, I'm literally sitting at my computer with gauze stuck in my mouth from having a tooth pulled. And I'm on my computer and I've come up with, okay, here's my premise. Now what? And I'm like, okay, now I have to figure out, okay, what? time period what what do i want to do what do i want this to work out to be and i noticed that everybody loves to write fantasy in the medieval period a lot of people like to write in the middle to post medieval period i wanted to go opposite of that i wanted to go early medieval period because it's not really used but it ties in that i can then expand my story out into the medieval period into the post medieval period into beyond that and i can expand not just the books and the series but i could even write other series that tie off of the original series that all expand 100 to 300 years and i'm all within the same realm nice like so, a spin-off series right yeah. and i'm actually that's actually something that i am actually working on Mm -hmm. um, I finished the first series, Wizards, uh, the Beacon series, which is Wizards Wars, the first book of. I've written a second series, which all the off all five books are written, mm -hmm. but um, you know they're in various forms of editing, and there a lot of them are really just first drafts. But then I've started my mega series, which is right now, I have an outline for eighteen books. And it is actually going to split the first series and the next series I wrote and sandwich right in the middle. But all three tie into the same world. Yeah, you're going to have your work cut out for you. It's, <laughs> it, yeah, it's it, it is definitely going to be a challenge. But um, the thing that I'm working on is I'm going to put nitpicks and artifacts and different things from the first series into this new series that I'm writing that they're going to find that are going to tie in the first series to this one. And then they're going to tie into the third series, which really is going to revolve everything around. So uh, I've kind of, everybody's like, Oh, you're working on multiple series is yes, but they're all in the same 
time frame in the same world. So that's a whole lot less world building I have to deal with. Um, all I have to do is come up with new characters, new names, new creatures. Um, even in the new series, I have a dragon killer, which I was not expecting. Um, I was like, what's bigger than a dragon? And the what will kill a dragon? I'm like, wait a second. Um, okay, we have a dragon killer. I'm just going to keep on. It's just called the creature. So, you know, and um, I'm going to bring that creature back or the creatures back like at book seven or eight. So that's going to be fun. But it from there, it literally came down to, okay, I need to have my primary, my antagonist, my protagonist. What do I need to do? Um, the original idea was insanely rough. I knew I wrote down the concepts for actually nine books. I was going to do a mega, a nine mega series series. And when I was actually writing it, I was able to merge information and ideas I had from some of the later books into earlier books, which made it a five book series. Um, but I honestly don't remember a whole lot of it because I was on I was on medications for like like six days of the eight to nine days I was actually coming up with it. And I remember going back and looking in my my folder history and I have a writing folder and I'm like, what is what what is this? And and I literally opened it up and I'm reading through it and going, I don't remember any of this. I it's a great idea. But I don't remember actually working on this. I'm always like, yeah, man, you you worked on that for like, when you got off work, you were working with it for four or five hours every day, like using the fantasy name generator. You would, uh, you know, and I'm like, I don't recall any of that. Wow. So, you know, medications do wonders because, yeah, I wrote the whole premise of this five book series that I vaguely remembered writing about and i expanded it from there um i could definitely tell it was going to be something that i was really really interested in because i could tell from how i'd written out my plans that i was i was excited about it mm -hmm. so i wanted to do it justice and i wanted to take my time in the world building from the different groups to the different lands to the different people in the lands to the agricultural, the industrial, the commercial, the supply and demand, all of that. I really wanted to fit everything together so that it made sense because there are times where you can read a book and you're just like, where did that come from? Or, you know, the, how does that actually fit into the storyline or the plot line? Or you're reading along and something totally uh, the opposite of what was written is written in now. And now you're contradicting yourself as to, okay, wait, my money was this, but now it's this. But how did it get from that to this? And it kind of throws off your, your enjoyment of the book. So yeah. I really wanted to painstakingly work through that. And I spent a little over a year just on my world building. And that included all the creatures and, you know, okay, I know I'm going to have my cows and my chickens and I'm going to have those animals. But, you know, when I came to the Krausai and the, um, the, the different creatures in the woods. And the one thing that I thought was really fun is the barrier, the barrier to the Volran forest. Um, I hadn't seen the barrier done before. So that really kind of made it fun for me, but yeah, I don't really recall much of those eight days. 
I mean, that's not a bad thing. It was just thing. there. You it had was, all this there. stuff in a folder, so it was there. And Yeah, I didn't lose it, which is good. That is good. That's like your brain's like, oh, here, we're going to make sure this is saved because we want this. It's going to turn into something great. And it's like being in the shower. You swear you're going to write it down oh when you get out of the shower. Gosh, you yes. never write it down, yes. so you lose it. Uh, Somehow I had is... enough cognizance to write it down on the computer and actually save it for once. Yes. I handwrite a lot of stuff like that in notebooks and I have notebooks everywhere, but it never fails. It always hits me when I'm in the middle of doing dishes. I get these ideas. I'm like, oh, yes, <laughs> yes. Your hand is in a glass and you just came up with a, a the yes. plot fix for another store. And you're like, oh. or even My a hands plot are wet. twist, like which happened to me this morning. And it was like, oh, do I really want that to happen in this story? I don't know. That's going to make it bad. Like, not bad, but like, it's going to make it have a tragic ending. And I was like, I don't know. I'm not, do I'm that. not, I'm not afraid of a tragic ending. I'll just say that. Um, I'm this... getting there with those tragic endings. Cause this one's brutal. And I'm like, Oh gosh, it's really going to tear readers up. But um, I can't say what it is for those. I'm not going to say what mine is, but I will say this, that if you get to that last book, either readers are going to love me or hate me. Yeah. Um, because I do bring in the true feelings of what war is. And mm. yeah, I've had a couple people read the last one or two scenes of, I already have the last two scenes. You know, I have the whole series written, but I've let a couple people read that last two or three scenes. And they're just like, it's pretty much a mixed bag. I hate that you did that. I, yeah. I hate it. And I'm like, and so we are like, dude, that was bold. That was awesome. And I'm like, but it it follows everything exactly how my characters would be. So yeah, and I yeah. like it. I like. I mean, it sucks when people die in stories, especially when you grow to love them. But if it's accurate, like especially like with war scenes and stuff, it always bothers me in stories when it's like, oh, all of these certain people go into battle, but none of them get hurt or die or anything. But everybody else dies around it. But I'm like, you know, the big battles happen. Thing. And then all of your main characters mm -hmm. have a big celebration at the end. Uh, that That's not how war works. I no, mean, it's not, you know, but I, at the same time, I really, well, yeah, it, it's, I have the, my editor is still on working on book two. I have warned her about book five. Um, I'll be curious to see what she thinks because she's really, really enjoying a couple of the primary characters. Um, but I'm, I'm not afraid to kill people and I'm not afraid to kill animals. I mean, as long as it moves the plot and moves the story forward and there's a reason for it, not mm -hmm. just, Oh, I'm just going to randomly kill this person just because, um, you know, it, it, sorry, they're getting axed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not immune to, Oh, I love my darlings and I can't, you know, and you know, that, they got to go. They got to go. Yeah. Cause you want to entertain the reader. You don't some, and like sometimes the stories are not like happy, like fluffy bunny stories. They're dark. Well, if you want that, you are not going to get it in my story. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, book one's got a number of losses already in it that, um, I mean, one of the saddest scenes in the oh. entire series is in the very first book. So tearjerker. Um, it made me cry. I actually had to stop writing for for a couple of days when I wrote it because yeah. of the emotional connection I had between the two, the character and the other, the other, the, the animal. So, 
and that's how you know it's a good scene. Like I've caught myself doing that, and I was, and I, in the back of my mind, I'm like, oh, readers are gonna hate me because they, they're this person's gonna be gone, but like it needs to happen. So. This one's, this one is a person with their horse, and um, you know the the horse, unfortunately, you know, gets injured to the point where it there's, there's just no way to save it, and. You know, it's a very personal connection between Harson and his horse, and it just it it got me. I mean, yeah. you know, when I actually when I was actually writing it, I had to stop a few times and be like, do I really want to put this in here? Because if it's getting me as the author, it's definitely going to get somebody as a reader. Yeah. Um, but it it moves the story and it moves some of the character uh, changes. Well, and the thing is, is I want my characters to literally be developing as people and be relatable to people who are reading yeah. it because they can see through the five books, the different characters growing as people, but also as characters and their interaction with each other. Not just, oh, here's a character. Oh, my gosh, they're already grown. They're already very mm -hmm. mature. They do this, they that. No, they, they learn through trials and mistakes and growth and death and, and, and happiness and sadness, just like we do. Yeah. And I think that's one of the things that I've had a number of people that have read it reach out. They're like, I really like how you have made it so that they are not prone to not making mistakes. They, they're going to make a mistake mm -hmm. and it's either how they're going to acknowledge it or, you know, go from there. So. Yeah. And that shows great character development overall. I love stories that do that. I feel like, those are actually the better stories because if you have a story where there's like no character development, I feel like the story gets stuck. Like it doesn't move. So, or that yep, the character's like a fake kind of 1D, not realistic they're not, person. They're not human. They're yeah. they're just a character. You know, you, you haven't given them physical emotion or capability for emotion. Uh, to me, I, I lose interest in a character when, when that kind of thing happens. Yeah. I want to be able to grow and learn and, and from who I'm getting involved with, you know, and I want them to make mistakes. I want them, I want the reader to see them grow as a person, you know, especially, um, especially in book two and three um, when they have to go and find the new wizard and, you know, all they know for the new wizard is that it's a child. Well, you get to watch this child grow up. You get to watch the child go through the teenage. I'm, I know everything. I, I do all this. You get to read through that. You get to live that experience and you get to live through some of the mistakes the child makes. And, you know, I think that really helps with the overall development because at the end of the whole series, she, this child is an adult and has to make a cognitive decision, which is going to be, what do I do with the world and the power that I have? Now that I know the true meaning behind the beacon, which everybody could say, dude, if you, if they knew what the, the whole purpose of the beacon was literally at the start of book two, the whole series would have been over. But there's a reason for that. She had to go through her development to get to that stage of understanding what the beacon was. Huh. That's interesting. So with your books and your writing and everything, I like to ask authors what they see or what defines success for themselves. Like, so what do you feel like 
Do you feel like you've reached a successful point or are you striving for a different kind of success? Like, where do you feel like you're at with that? You know, success is something that everybody, you know, there's different definitions for success for different authors. Um, some want fame, some want, you know, the, the monetization of, you know, being able to support themselves with their books. I mean, would I like to have the fame and the support and the popularity? Of course. But that's not, to me, the definitive line for what success is. I mean, for me, there's levels of success. First success is writing the book. Second success is getting, second success, you know, story for me would be to, to get it published, um, you know, doing an interview. That's a success. Um, you know, if I could get one person who reads my book and enjoys my book and reaches out, and says, hey, love the book. You know, I'm looking forward to the next one and the rest of the series. That's a level of success for me. I, I don't look at, you know, everybody's like, oh, but you got to look at the long term, the big game. And I'm like, the big game is just to add up all the little successes. And if you try to set yourself an expectation at the wrong, you know, at the ultimate high end, like, I want to make $5,000 a month on my books. Hey, you know what? That That's great. And if I make that, awesome. If I don't, I don't want that to be a measure of, okay, I failed. And I think for me, it's just stepping stones. Then I, they're stepping successes. Each one adds to that ladder or that staircase to the next stair, to the next stair, to the next step. And to me, those are all successes. So I, I can't really say there's just one because I've had so many, I mean, I've, you know, I've had people read my book. I've had people leave reviews. I've got it published it, you know, lots of success there. And it's just a matter of the mindset, you know, and everybody's different. I like that mindset though. Like that's really good. It's, it's like stepping stones. It's more, I feel like it's a broader view of success versus like an isolated, like tunnel vision kind of view. So I, I really like that description, how you that up there so you know some people are like but that tunnel focus for some that is what they absolutely have to get in order to get to that next level yeah. you know um for me i don't need tunnel vision to know okay i have a step-by-step -step process and each step will allow me to get to that end goal mm -hmm. whereas some people need that focal point of that one end goal and they're going to do everything in their power to drive to it i respect that yeah so back to your books, the characters, where did you draw inspiration for them? A lot of the characters are bits and pieces of me. Um, Harsan is a bit of me from being, you know, always wanting to learn something. There's been times where I'm not exactly the most confident person in the world. I do question things quite frequently, um, you know, but there are other parts that, I just take from people that I know, people that I've interacted with. Um, and I kind of merge a little bits of me with, you know, these other people. But um, I also think about people who, what do readers really like? You know, you've got your strong type, you've got your soft type, you like your, you have your boisterous type, you have your laughing people, you have... Ogaris. Ogaris is this portly older gentleman who is on the council. He is basically Bimaron's um, right-hand man who is the high elder of the council. All he thinks about is food. He is he and everybody's like, why haven't you gotten married? He said, because then I couldn't eat food when I wanted. 
I mean, you know, and I, I like food. I, you know, I, 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 you know, if anybody knows me when I'm at work, they're like, what are you doing tonight? I'm just like, well, I'm eating. I'm going to have tacos. <laughs> you know, tonight is Taco Tuesday. Wednesday is Wacky Wednesday. Whatever goes. Thursdays are Tuscan Thursdays. I'm going to have a pasta dish that day. You know, Fridays are Friday. That means I'm going to do something that's fried on Friday. You know, I have a different theme for each day. I like food. I like eating different kinds of food. That's next food. I don't care. It's food. That's Ogaris. He's literally like, hey, let's go to the chow hall. We just ate. So what? Yeah. <laughs> you know, hey, where's Ogaris? Where do you think he's at? Yeah, I'll go find him at the chow hall, back table. I mean, you know, that's Ogaris. But he's a sportly charming he cares about people but he's also just he's just down to earth and he just he knows what he likes and that's it and he doesn't care and he also makes fun of himself he's like yeah if i tried to walk here first off i wouldn't get here second off i'd be dead and third off i would uh you know i feel bad for my horse you know i mean he, he makes fun of himself because he knows and but he doesn't care he's just he's free and he's you know, but he has that serious side to him and he knows and he's also the voice of reason between Bemaran Harson and you know the council. So, you know, he's he's a big chunk of me because I'm the exact same way. I usually end up being the voice of reason between a couple different people mm -hmm. because I see it objectively with everybody. And I like food. So he's he he's a he's probably the most light character to me. That is, he sounds like a funny character. So another thing I like to ask authors is, what do you do for self-care? Do you have a routine that you follow that kind of helps you keep your mindset moving forward and in a good zone? Um, honestly, I don't have much of a self-care. <laughs> uh, I mean... You know, it's, it's, I mean, you know, I, I, I have a horrible sleep. I'm horrible with sleep. Uh, I mean, part of that's from doing, I mean, part of that's from the military. I mean, getting to bed at 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night, that kind of stuff. And getting up at four o'clock in the morning that, I mean, that's been ingrained in me forever. Um, yeah. You know, my work schedule now, I go, I, I'm up by 430 every morning. Um, to get ready for work. So going to bed by 10, you know, my goal is to go to bed by nine, nine 30, 10 o'clock, but thanks to phones and games and <laughs> social media, uh, I'm the next thing I know is it's like midnight and I'm going, <laughs> I gotta be up in four and a half hours. I might want to get some sleep and you know, then I get some sleep. Um, you know, I try to eat healthy, that's, but you know, convenience foods are, are, are comfort. I mean, I like, I like, I like beef jerky. I like, I try to stay away from candy if I can. And that sometimes can be a challenge because sometimes you need that pick me up coffee. Yeah. If I could figure out how to do an IV drip, not only would oh, I be gosh. very happy for myself, <laughs> but I think I'd be a very wealthy man because that would be a very popular invention. Yes, uh, it would. <laughs> how to do a full coffee drip and not kill yourself by injecting mm -hmm. it into your vein. Tell me. I, I'm interested. I, I, I'll definitely back that thing in and, and, and a heartbeat. But, yeah. um, 
you know, it's not uncommon for me to drink four or five cups a day. I mean, coffee is my crutch, but yeah, I I'm right there with you on the coffee thing. <laughs> I, I gotta have it. And you know, there's been days where I don't have it and I'll have an energy drink and I'm like, all right, I'll survive. And then like four hours later, I'm like, nah, I gotta go get the coffee maker going. I'm, I'm hurting here, yeah. but it's, yeah, it's, I, I need a better self care routine. Um, my wife has been after me that for years. Sorry, mm -hmm. honey. Um, uh, I'll keep working on it. Let me put it that way. Yes, uh, there you go. You know, but eventually, you know, once once things get settled down, you know, I, I definitely want to get into a better routine. Um, not with just you know self care, but with everything, because mm -hmm. I do feel at times I'm just I'm just run ragged with everything that I'm doing, and it's like I know something has to stop. Yeah, I, I get that because it's as as a as a parent in general, like I feel like I don't have downtime. <laughs> oh, and I mean, I don't, I'm, you know, my son, my son's eighteen; he's graduated, yeah. so you know, I can't even say that I have kids as an excuse. I mean, mm. I just I just keep myself too busy, yeah. and you know, that's you know, I guess benefit of having a lot of things to do, but at the same time. It's exhausting. You know, it's like something has to give. And, yeah. You know, I've got my podcast and I've had that since 2000, since May of 2020, since, you know, mm -hmm. in the middle of the pandemic. And I've had to pause it a couple of times for health reasons or whatever for either my wife or I. Mm -hmm. But I've had to put it back on, on the back burner once again because I've just got so many things that I'm working on. And, you know, it, yeah, I have to make it, you know, it's a hard choice know what what gives but i definitely don't want to just give it up i don't want to just stop that would be horrible yeah yeah go ahead and tell our viewers a little bit about your podcast uh, well it's that writer guy podcast so when i came when i came up with the idea it was right after i'd been let go from my job um i worked at a casino at the time and you know we shut down in in late march when everything shut down mm -hmm. and i was basically sitting around the house bored out of my mind which really sounds weird now with everything that i'm doing and i said you know what i really want to come up with a podcast and i thought you know that'd be a good idea so i did a lot of research and i found that a lot of podcasts are really general about very certain things they love to talk about certain things i love to talk about specifics and i was like you know i really want to just do something that's general based i want to do i want to cover as many different topics as i can because yeah. i feel like that is it's going to be valuable to somebody. So I decided to go with that writer guy podcast. And I basically cover anything and everything writing related from editing to book design to where you can publish your book from self-publishing to the publishing options to, you know, to, okay, you've got Kindle, you've got Apple, you've got uh, books, uh, Barnes and Noble, you've got all kinds of different places. But I also talk about, basically anything and everything that comes down to a writing sense from my world building. I did an eight, eight or 11 section uh, series on that, just eight different uh, episodes, broke it down into like the different parts. So first off, you've got the world. Second off, you've got, you know, are there going to be different lands? What about the people? What about pronunciations? What about the alphabet? What about how they talk? What about building your own language? Um, you know, do you adapt a language that's already out there and make it your own? There's a lot of different things that a lot of people really don't realize 
goes into creating a world, especially when it comes to sci-fi, fantasy, um, you know, and everybody's like, oh, well, if I'm writing romance, I don't have to think about it. Well, yeah, you technically do, because depending on your where you want that romantic story to be, they need to be able to speak, dress, talk, look, and act like that time period. So it is vital. And everybody's like, oh, well, okay, I guess I have to do world building. And the answer is yes, you do. Yeah. You just don't realize it. Yeah. So I cover a lot of different topics. I, I do interviews with, uh, with authors. Um, I was going to do a creator month where I was going to literally talk to people from different parts of just creators from comic book creators to podcast creators to writers to filmmakers i've got a couple people that i know that are actually in film and actually are behind the scenes of like the doctors i don't know if you know that show mm-hmm. it's, it's on i have a friend of mine who actually was a part of that show um as one of the producers back there you know get them to come on and talk about other sides of things that we really don't think about um, get somebody that's actually a book creator that actually creates the physical books themselves. Um, you know, I wanted to get different people that are part of the creative industry, but also in the writing industry to give people an understanding and an insight as to the other aspects mm-hmm. that we don't usually see about as a writer or as an aspiring writer. We don't see those other parts that we may be interested in or we should probably look into to help create a full circle of support from start to finish. So I'm looking, I'm hoping to get to that. I want to get to that this year. We'll see what that happens, but I'm really looking forward to that. And it's going to be a lot of fun, but podcast is uh, that writer guy podcast. It's on all major uh, platforms. Um, you can find it. You can even use your um, smart devices. You can ask Alexa, Google, all of that. Um, I'm also on Facebook. And you can actually go to my website, LimonRate.com. There is a link for that Writer Guy podcast. You can click on that, and it'll take you to that, and you can find all the information there as well. So um, it's been around since 2020. I love doing it. I don't get paid for it. I don't care about that. A lot of people are like, hey, I do the podcast because I want to make money. It's not about the money. It's about providing information to to editors and to people who want to write or who want to learn to write Mm -hmm. and want to learn more about the craft. So that's nice. that's pretty much everything about that podcast. Sweet. So go ahead and tell our viewers where they can find you other than the podcast and your books. So I am mostly on Facebook and on Twitter. Um, I've been on the fence with TikTok and Instagram and all that. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Uh, I've really been hesitant on doing it because everything that I'm doing right now does take up a lot of time and, you know, adding a few more things may not be the wisest thing to do, but I'm still on the fence of those. But Lyman's words of worlds of words is my book group. It is a public group, so you can definitely find it there. Um, As I said, my website, LymanRate.com. Twitter is that WG podcast or author Lyman rate. Those are the two for that. Um, and then, of course, my books are on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and wherever you can get books. Sweet. Well, Lyman, thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a pleasure. Thank you for having me.